Welcome to Exaltation. This is Father David Masterson bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true. Our scripture today is Luke chapter 8, verses 4 to 15. And when a great multitude had gathered, and they came to him from every city, he spoke by a parable, saying, A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And he said, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, who believe only for a while, and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with the cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. told of an unbelieving woman who requested that when she died her body be put inside a concrete tomb ten feet thick so that she could never be resurrected from the dead. Her family disapproved of her request but reluctantly carried out her wish. However, a tiny seed from a tree lodged in the soil next to her tomb and soon began to grow. After a few years, the roots of the tree began to crack the cement, and soon her tomb was completely opened. 
the woman failed to consider the tremendous mysterious power of a growing seed. In Luke chapter 8, beginning at verse 4, Jesus teaches about the kingdom of God. He does this through the parable of a seed, how it grows, in what soil it grows, and its mysterious power to bear fruit. In the parallel passage in Matthew chapter 13, this parable is placed alongside the parable of the wheat and tares and the parable of the mustard seed. In each case, Jesus begins his teaching with the phrase, the kingdom of heaven is like, and then elaborates using the form of a parable. To understand the kingdom parables, we need to remind ourselves of the nature of the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? It is the sovereign reign of God's authority over his people, people living under God's rule. Jesus declared, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Between his first coming and his second coming is the time of the building of his church, the great ingathering of the people of God into the reign and rule of God which is his kingdom. The parable of the soils, the sower and the seed, explains how he uses the word of God to accomplish this purpose. First century farming did not have modern planting and harvesting equipment and long, straight rows of crops. There wasn't a methodical irrigation plan. As the farmer walked throughout his field, he threw handfuls of seed onto the ground from a large leather bag slung across his shoulders. Some seed fell beside the road. One version calls it the footpath. Other seed fell on rocky soil, shallow soil with underlying rock. Other seed fell among thorns, and still other seed fell on good fertile ground. The parable is set forth, Jesus tells the story, in verses 5 to 9. The parable is explained, Jesus unpacks it for the disciples, in verses 10 to 15. What can we learn from the parable of the soils? The first thing we learn is that the seed is the word of God. This seed is sown generously at all times and in all places. God himself is the sower who spreads the seed far and wide into the world, to the Jews first and then to the Gentiles. Jesus sows his seed to shepherds and to wise men, to mighty rulers and to humble laborers. Jesus sows his living word into our hearts, the new seed of the gospel, which brings about the mystery of the kingdom of God. The seed of the living word of God is not of human origin. It does not come from St. Paul or St. John or any of the apostles, but from Jesus himself. For Jesus is the living word of God. As the word of God goes out, it receives four different responses. The first response is the by-the-way side response. Verse 5 and verse 12. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. 
The wayside is dry and uncultivated. This is hard, unbroken ground because it is the path where men daily walk in the preoccupations of this present age. Wayside hearers are hardened souls whose unyielding minds will not open to receive the sacred seed of the Word of God. Instead, their hearts are stubbornly committed to the distractions of demons, all the fads and fancies and manifold concerns of this world. 1 Timothy 4.1 says, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in later times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. 2 Corinthians 4.3 says, But if our gospel is hidden, it is hidden to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Wayside hearers are novelty seekers who suffer from chronic restlessness and distraction. They have to be where the action is. They have to be part of the in crowd. If it's the current trend, they have to have it. Wearing the newest fashion, buying the latest music, watching the blockbuster movie. These are the novelty seekers. But they have no deep, genuine interest in spiritual things, and therefore when they hear the word of God, it has no effect in their hearts. Verse 12 says, Those by the wayside are they that hear, then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts. The second response to Jesus and his message is the rocky soil response. Verse 6 says, And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away. Some seed falls on rocky ground where it finds no root and quickly withers. These are those who hear the word and receive it superficially, but will not give it roots of understanding and commitment. Rocky soil people are shallow, superficial hearers. They hear the message of Jesus with enthusiasm and joy. Perhaps they imagine the incredible privilege it would be to follow someone like Jesus. They may be attracted to the idea of forgiveness because they've made a mess of their lives and want to start over again. Whatever the reason, rocky soil people make what appears to be a genuine commitment to Christ. They may walk down in the front of a church, respond to an altar call, start reading the Bible, or attend a Bible study group. There is an initial burst of spiritual activity. But Jesus says in verse 13, They on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy, but these have no root and believe only for a while, then in time of temptation fall away. A long-range study was conducted some time ago to determine how many converts in worldwide evangelistic crusades were still dedicated fruit-bearing Christians after 20 years. The study discovered that only 6% of crusade converts were still walking with Jesus after 20 years. In other words, many people who made initial professions of faith in Christ were no longer true believers. Luke 21.19 says, By your endurance you will gain your soul. 
Why does the Bible say so much about enduring, overcoming, persevering, and standing fast? Why does 2 Peter 1.10 say, Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you? Because of the serious, sober truth of Jesus' teaching on the soils. God wants us to prove ourselves authentic, committed, earnest believers by our endurance in the faith. If we fall away from our confession, we prove that we never really got the message. The seed never took firm root. We were actually rocky soil hearers and not genuine disciples after all. This sobering teaching of Jesus causes us to do serious self-examination. We need to come before God and ask the penetrating question, Am I a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? Have I received the living Word of God deeply into my heart and been regenerated and transformed by it? Am I persevering in my faith and obedience to Jesus? For only as I cross the finish line at the end of life with the baton of faith in my hand do I prove myself a true follower, a genuine hearer and receiver of the Word of God. The third response to Jesus and his message of the kingdom is the thorny ground response. Verse 7 says, And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Thorns, Jesus tells us, are the cares, riches, and pleasures of this life. These things choke and suffocate the Spirit's life within us. The tender plant of the living seed of the gospel needs space in which to grow. The Word of God cannot thrive as just one concern among others, but must be cultivated and carefully tended as the central focus of our lives. Matthew 6.31 says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or with what shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You are listening to Exaltation. I'm Father David Masterson bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true, heralding the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ so that we may experience life in Him. Let's continue our lesson. 
The worries of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the pleasures of life choke out the Word of God, and it becomes unfruitful. Worries, riches, and pleasures, that about covers the gamut of thorns that suffocate the spiritual life, doesn't it? Some people make a profession of faith in Christ, they get religion, they attend church for a while, but months and years later, where are they? Worries, riches, and pleasures have choked the seed of the word in their hearts and they no longer persevere in the faith. Jesus started off with enormous crowds following after him. He was the miracle worker. He spoke so wisely and persuasively that he astonished the crowds with his teaching. But in the end, John 6.66 says, And many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. There were huge crowds in the beginning, but over time, worries, riches, and pleasures caused many of his followers to turn away. But there is a fourth response to Jesus and his message of the kingdom. What is this response? Verse 8 says, Other seed fell on good ground and sprang up and bore fruit an hundredfold. Verse 15 says, But they on the good ground are those who in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. The seed is sown indiscriminately on all types of soil. The word of God goes out generously to all people, but it only takes root in good soil. We need to constantly be praying, O Lord God, soften my heart. Make it good, honest, rich soil into which the seed of your word may be planted so that fruit may come forth to the glory of your name. There is inherent, mysterious power in the living seed of the word of God. A Sunday school teacher sows the seed of the word in the heart of a little boy. That boy grows up to become Billy Graham, who is greatly used by God in worldwide evangelization. A parent teaches a young lady about faith in Jesus Christ. That young lady introduces her friend Margaret Thatcher to Jesus, and Margaret Thatcher grows up to become the Prime Minister of England. Sister Eloisa shares the Word of God with Dorothy Day, who converts and becomes a modern champion of the Christian faith. We could go on citing story after story of how the seed of the gospel bears eternal fruit by bringing souls into God's kingdom. Every prayer you pray, every word you say in the extension of the gospel of the kingdom of God has eternal significance. We don't know the results of our efforts, but we have the promise that the seed sown will bear fruit. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11 says, For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. This is profound encouragement to you who have wayward sons or daughters. If that child truly belongs to Jesus, he or she may have a time of rebellion, a time of waywardness, 
But the promise is that they will return to spiritual life once again. The seed of the living word of God sown into their hearts will bear fruit. How then should we respond to this parable of Jesus? Because the seed is the living word of God, ask the Lord to prepare your heart to receive it, hear it, and obey it. Take time each day to read portions of Scripture. Make time for Bible reading and prayer. Put other things aside and focus on what is truly and eternally important. Don't be a wayside hearer, a rocky soil hearer, or a thorny ground hearer. Earnestly plead with God to give you a good, honest heart, always open and responsive to receive the truth of God's living holy word. Because the seed is inherently powerful, Ask God to give you confidence to sow it liberally into the hearts of people, your family, friends, neighbors, knowing that it will bear eternal fruit. Give copies of the Bible away. Get people to read and interact with the scriptures. The living seed of the Word of God produces the church of God to live in the kingdom of God. I saw this so beautifully lived out recently. I had been invited to speak and play at a community-wide women's Bible study. My wife Rachel and I walked into the sanctuary, and here were women praying for us even before we had arrived. Then when I began to speak and play the piano, the leader of the group got down on her knees and prayed for me while I was speaking. These women were alive in the Holy Spirit. They had good, honest hearts that were open to receive the Word of God and respond to it. After introducing myself, I spoke for a few minutes on a piece of music the Lord inspired me to create called Desideratum, that which is most highly desired. When I played the piece, several of the women started to cry with tears of joy. These ladies were truly on fire for the Lord. They had come from 15 different churches in the area to study God's Word and apply its truths to their lives. They were participating in the thrilling adventure of the Christian life. What a promise! What a privilege! To receive the seed of the life of God into our hearts and watch it grow. This is the whole purpose of Christ's incarnation that he might assume our human nature in order that we may participate in his divine nature. As one godly man writes, Christianity is a life rooted in Christ's own life. Its charge is not to live for self, but to live for Christ. And its goal is not satisfaction, but transformation. The Christian is called to become to enter into a newness of life that is another's, that is Christ's. Our life in Christ is a transformation into a new man. It is a life that works toward resurrection when the body of this death shall pass away and the glorified man will know the Lord of glory. The call to the kingdom of God must be the sole focus of the Christian heart. Amen. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you for the seed of the living Word of God. 
Give us good, honest, responsive hearts to hear and receive your holy word. We ask this through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. For of him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. You've been listening to the program Exaltation. I'm Father David Masterson with Godet Ministries. You may reach us on the web at godetministries.org. That's G A U D E T E ministries.org. This gospel outreach is entirely listener supported. Please help us proclaim the gospel on the radio to a needy world. You may donate online at our website. Your gift, large or small, is gratefully appreciated. Until next time, may God richly bless you with this word of encouragement from the prophet Isaiah. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not faint.